Hello and welcome along to episode 71 of the All Things Leeds podcast. I'm Ed McIntyre and joining me remotely is, as always, my co-host Charles Foster. Charles, hello. Hi mate, how are you doing? I'm uh, very well, just about recovered from the weekend. Uh, how are you? Uh, have you recovered yet? Yeah, I'm fine, yeah. <laughs> I was a bit a bit daft on um, on Friday after the Huddersfield West Brom game. It was a bit more it's a little bit more sensible on Saturday. I obviously still had a few cans and that, so yeah, I'm fine by now. Yeah. A couple of days. Yeah, it's been a it's been a rough weekend for, for many people in Leeds, I'd imagine. And uh, I must imagine that uh, people who aren't Leeds United fans who live in Leeds must have just absolutely hated this weekend. Probably been the worst weekend that has been. But um you know, what a weekend it's been for Leeds United. We'll, of course, in this show be discussing what a phenomenal, surreal week and weekend it's been for Leeds. Uh, we've got loads of news to go over in this episode as well. Loads of news uh, before we look ahead to Leeds United's final game of the season, uh, which is against Charlton Athletic at Ellen Road on Wednesday night. Loads coming up here on the All Things Leeds podcast. <laughs> So then, the 16-year wait is over. Leeds United are once again a Premier League club. We will be playing top-flight football from next season for the first time since 2004. What a week. What a weekend. Promoted on Friday and then crowned champions on Saturday. How does it feel, mate? It feels good. Yeah, and then we've got the Guard of Honour on Sunday, so it's pretty much the perfect weekend. Yeah, probably one of the best weekends in a long, long time, especially given the context of the of how the year's been this has been um, it's been good I've really enjoyed it it feels brilliant over the weekend it kind of hit you like a ton of bricks didn't it the uh, kind of news that we'd actually got the job done yeah I know and a bit of stick of Huddersfield fans saying oh we did it four years like well you didn't win like 20, 25 games did you like we did yeah exactly <laughs> we, we, we did the we did the job ourselves and draw the, the other nine or whatever, whatever we draw I think it's nine we've drawn so we got the points ourselves so yeah it means it means everything to the club. It means everything to the city. They'll have more investment. I mean, we're going to get you know Premier League tourism as well. So I don't think people realise how much it's going to affect life uh, going forward. The city, the city is just going to be have a lot more visitors and have a lot more money. So we'll, we'll yeah. see how hopefully we can maintain the status and keep that going. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, this promotion is means a lot more, you know, to the city of Leeds than just Leeds United. You know, it's such a you know a, you know a big big thing. Uh, has it sunk in yet for you? I think it kind of has. There was it was kind of set in stages. First, it was like obviously going up, and that, and that was a bit of a shock. And then there was uh, obviously being being made champions, and that was that was even more of a shock, to be frank. Um, <laughs> it, it, it kind of it kind of kind of settled in, and I, I kind of felt oh, this, this is actually done. It's it's fine. It's this is brilliant. And then I think the um, <laughs> I was watching the, the Derby County game, and the, the, the guard of honor, and um, the amount of sky coverage we've had, and, and you think. We've actually done this. This has actually happened. Yeah, it's weird because you because I know me and you like, basically waited our entire lives for this moment because we've um, yeah. I mean yeah. Five, I mean for for me and you, you know, this is the first time we'll be seeing Leeds United play Premier League football. I mean, of course, we were alive back in two thousand and four, but I mean, you know, we were very young, not old enough to remember playing Premier League football. So yeah, for me and you, it, it is the first time. I think my dad took me to his first game when I was about six and a half, maybe seven. So yeah, I missed I missed the Premier League year entirely. So yeah, he didn't want to take me when I was too young. But yeah, it was um, it's it's, it's very strange. I think the Premier League is going to be a very different place to the one that we left. Oh yeah, but I am, I'm yeah. looking 
I'm looking I'm looking forward to just being able to look at players on you know in the advertised players on like the during the transfer windows and you think oh, that's stupid money that whenever I get somebody like that and then you think well actually we could actually buy someone like that we can now buy 20 25 million pound players yeah we can we can, we can now we can now uh, look at that if Bielsa were to leave I mean obviously I hope he doesn't but if Bielsa were to leave we can we can now attract a better better you know standard of manager yeah we can get certain things we've never had before we're going to be playing so, against yeah. good teams as well. You know, not yeah, against we, we, dreadful we, championship teams who are just going to sit back and pump Lone's balls for. We're going to be playing the likes of Man City. You know, we, we may get slapped by teams like Man City, but, you know, there's going to be good football to see at Ellen Road. Yeah, it's going to be... Every, every game is going to feel like a cup game because obviously we're, we're just playing like Premier League opposition. So it's going to be a bit weird at first adjusting to it. Me and you went to the Arsenal game in January and that was obviously a, a massive kind of one-off Arsenal away. Yeah. Because I mean, that's be over week. these past few years, you know, over these past years, you know, during, you know, mine and yours is 10 years supporting Leeds United. You know, we, we've just been looking forward to cup draws against Premier League sides, thinking, oh, those will be awesome if we get to play the likes of Liverpool, Man City, Man United, at Ellen Road or, or away. But now we're going to be playing these sides every single week. It's just going to be surreal. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to take some adjusting to, and obviously the players have to up the game as well and we'll have to get a few new additions in. So I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing how that, how that comes along, but I'm sure we'll talk about that later on. Yeah. And uh, speaking of new additions, we're going to get some new floodlights uh, over the uh, the West Stand, I believe. Big floodlights so the uh, 4K cameras can pick everything up. We're going to be seeing Matt Elbielsa's face in 4K, hopefully, which is going to be uh, <laughs> going to be awesome. I mean, you know, we're going to have proper highlights on Match of the Day, not little, you know, two-second highlights on Quest. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have, you know, proper extended highlights on BT and the Premier League YouTube channel Match of the Day. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I hope these new giant floodlights will get in don't uh, blind Patrick Bamford too yeah. much when uh, and held Yeah, and held Augusta. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be different. I mean, obviously we've got to change the dugouts as well on the pitch because um, we've got kind of old-fashioned kind of sunken dugouts, whereas yeah. uh, in the Premier League you need kind of those you know those Formula One kind of type dugouts, you know, the kind of racing car type ones. Yeah, which are kind of on level with the pitch, so um, that'll cost a. I think the, the stadium needs a slightly upgraded media room as well for all the new coverage. Because oh, um, yeah, definitely, yeah, it is, it's so it's, small um, and cramped in there. <laughs> so it's going to need a new media room, a much bigger media room. I'm sure, I'm sure the Angus Kinnear will have his hands full over the next few months. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean that will come with the uh, stadium developments over the next few uh, years. Uh, you'd imagine, but um, but no, it's just incredible. It it hasn't sunken in for me yet. I must say, it really hasn't sunken in for me yet. And, you know, it was a really weird feeling I had on Friday night and, and Thursday as well, which, I mean, I, I guess we should just brush over that 1-0 win over Barnsley at Ellen Road from, uh, from last Thursday because, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just quickly brush over it. Because, I mean, you know, even though we won that game and it took us to 87 points, you know, the highest amount of points Leeds have ever got in a single campaign, I was a bit disappointed with that performance. Um, you know, it didn't really sink in the fact that you know we're one point away from promotion. I was just really disappointed with the display from Leeds United, but I think all in all, you got to give Barnsley credit for the way they played in that game. You do. Um, they played really well, and obviously they had, they had a lot to fight for, so I can understand why they played that well. But uh, Stuart Dallas was interviewed after the derby game, which is obviously last Sunday. We're recording this on Tuesday, and he was saying basically there was nerves in the squad about that game. There's a lot of nerves, and um, in, in his words, not mine, they performed terribly. Yeah, Sorry. I mean, yeah, but the squad are very, um, very self-aware, and and they know when they've had a bad game, don't they? Yeah, I mean. They obviously knew that that was that like could be the game, and they obviously was a bit was a little bit of nerves in the um, 
in the team. But you know, it was it was nice to win playing badly. We've we've lost playing well <laughs> quite a few times on the Yeah, so it's nice to win. It's nice to just not play that well, and still win a game. It's a bit of a weird feeling, but it's a nice feeling. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, it's always the other way for us, isn't it? We always dominate a game and then end up losing. But this time around, you know, we, we uh, really struggled in the game, but ended up winning uh, due to an on goal. But um, yeah, Barnsley, you know, they played really well. You've got to give them credit. They're, you know, they played probably the, the best team we've, we've seen play against uh, play against us under Marcel Bielsa, uh, really. I mean, I've never seen us play that poorly under Bielsa over these uh, two years. I really, really haven't. Um, and, you know, throughout the game, there was so much confusion where everyone was playing. You know, in the second half, Pascal Struitt came on and played in uh, defensive midfield when we all thought, you know, we're going to like a back five or something. So, you know, so much confusion there. Uh, but, yeah, luckily for us, Barnsley just couldn't put away any of their chances despite their dominance. So, um, yeah, really nice change for once. Um, and you know what? I, I do feel sorry for Barnsley. I, you know, I do, because they played really well, probably deserved a point, uh, but, of course, lost due to an on goal. Um, which of course is great for us, but you know, Barnsley, you know, it, it looks like they're probably going to go down. You know, it's probably likely that they will go down. A big point for them over the weekend, over Forest, but you know, it's going to be very hard for them to stay up, really, uh, for Barnsley. So, you know, I feel sorry for them because they played well, and I'm sure that if they keep all the players and play like that in League One, they'll come straight back up. Um, that, that's the problem with, um, with Barnsley. They always they go out of League One, they pick up a lot of great players, smash League One, get promoted. Their play, their squad just gets raided by Championship squads or recently relegated Premier League teams. Like I remember Villa a couple of years ago just basically raided Barnsley's squad. But yeah, they um, they could still stay up. They, they have to beat Brentford, which is a tough ask, especially when Brentford <laughs> are going for automatics and, and need to win the game. They got to beat Brentford and they have to hope that we beat Charlton. So it has to go both ways. Yeah. Which could happen. It's not impossible, but yeah. unlikely. But you mentioned, you know, the Barnsley, you know, they always get the players nicked. But is anyone going to nick Alec, Alex Moat from Barnsley? I don't think so. I, I, I think well, they've got um, a good chance. I think Pinnock, who went to Brentford, you know, who's alongside Janssen now, got raided off Barnsley. Um, Connor Hurran at Villa, he got raided. Yeah. Scott Hogan, he was at Barnsley, he got raided. So players just get nicked off of all the yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, they are a, pretty much a yo-yo club between League One and the Championship. But, um, yeah, of course, this game, uh, we won by an own goal, which is uh, fantastic for us for your uh, seventh own goal to go in our favour this season. Um, I mean, it's lucky, but sometimes you need a bit of luck, don't you? You do, and we've certainly had our fair share with regards to other teams scoring on goals for us this season. I think that's eight, including the one on, on yeah. Sunday. So that's eight, eight we've had this season, which is our third highest top goal scorer behind Bamford and Hernandez. I think Bamford's <laughs> 16 and Anders is on nine. The way I think of it, the way I like to think of it is because people think own goals are just pure, like random luck and chance. I like to think of it like we put the ball in the right areas so often. Oh, yeah. Now and again, other teams just kick it into their own goal. Um, yeah. I mean, it was nice build up here, in. wasn't it? Nice build up from Leeds, you know, click. With that ball to Bamford, it looked like he was going to go out wide to Dallas, but then he ended up playing a really nice through ball to Bamford in the middle. And yeah, decent cut back from Bamford and all it needed was a touch. And it could have easily been a least player just to tap it in there. But uh, fortunately for us, it was a bouncy player to tap it into his own net. But yeah, as you say, you know, we need we need to put the ball in that area at first and it, it was a good build-up. It reminds me of the kind of the Neil Warnock school of football. Just get it in the mixer and it'll, it'll somehow go in. And that's... <laughs> Obviously, uh, different styles, but you know the, the message there is kind of the same. Get it in the mm. um, dangerous areas, and the ball going. Yeah, just get it in there. Uh, worth mentioning that uh, Alex Moat did injure Helder Costa mm. in this game. Uh, Costa looks like he's out for the rest of the season. 
Um, it, it was it's sure to be a miss, but I guess it doesn't really matter because we are champions. It was a bit dirty from Moa as well because it was off yeah. the ball. It just elbowed him in ribs, just like no reason. Yeah. It, it was it was awful. It was awful for Moa, and yeah, he calls himself a Leeds fan. What's he doing that for? It was yeah, it was absolutely uncalled for, and he's uh, yeah injured the Costa out. Uh, now he, he's going to be out for the rest of the season, it looks like. But yeah, as I say, it doesn't really matter because we are champions. But of course, hopefully, Helder Costa does recover well and quickly. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't have went here. And, you know, at the time I was fuming, but I guess on reflection, you know, it was a performance of champions because, you know, although we didn't play well, you know, we hung in there and, and managed to grind out a, a win. Yeah, I think Streak was, was brilliant in this game. He kind of, he got a lot more solidity in the middle, which we were completely lacking for the majority of the game. And he was breaking the play a lot better than Ben White was doing at CDM. Because I think Ben White prefers being at centre-back and that's fair enough. And, it was a decent defensive performance. Going forward, we had nothing, absolutely nothing, all game. We were better in the first half, but second half, we had absolutely nothing. We were just hanging on the entire time. And obviously, Jamie Shack came out at the end and, and won us that free kick up, up on the left wing, which kind of allowed us to waste enough time to kind of see the game out. But yeah, I think it's, it's, it's one of them that where you'll just think, you look back at it and you think, we won that 1-0. You will think, we won that 1-0 and we got battered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, at that point of the season, obviously it's done now. At that point of the season, it's result over performance. Oh yeah. Majority of the season, it's you want you want both, but at the end, you'll just take the result. Um, yeah. We got the result, so move yeah. on. One hundred percent. And uh, yeah, of course, on Friday night, all eyes won Huddersfield Town versus West Brom. Um, and going into this, I was just expecting West Brom to just batter Huddersfield. Uh, were you expecting that? Um, I was, and then I started watching the game, and I saw how terrible Huddersfield were, how they they, they barely ran at all, they couldn't string three passes together, and then I was watching West Brom kind of not create anything, they were just kind of diving constantly, looking for the free kicks, looking for the corners, looking for, they were desperate to get a penalty, They, they were constantly going down in the box under very weak mile challenges hoping that they'd win the referee over um they wouldn't create they couldn't get through to the credit Huddersfield defended relatively well Huddersfield do have a fairly good defensive record in the last in the since the restart they've not conceded many goals I thought if Huddersfield were going to get a result it'd be a nil-nil because they don't score much either but obviously the um the goalkeeper makes a mistake Johnson kind of palms it out to Joe Willock who just side foots it in and uh, I'm buzzing then because Huddersfield are one nil up I'm thinking right West Brom got scored two here otherwise we're promoted <laughs> And then obviously the West Brom scored for half time, the most blatantly offside goal I've ever seen. You could you didn't need the replay, you could see it at the time. He was he was offside. <clears throat> VAR disallows that goal. Anyway, it gets given because the line was blind. Um, <laughs> so it's been one at half time. And then uh, and then I'm thinking, oh, they're just Huddersfield were kind of hanging on for the most part in the first half. And then the second half obviously came out and were a bit better, but even still it was kind of it was a bit of a hard watch because it was just constant corners for West Brom we were just doing nothing and kind of putting the ball along and then obviously it's uh, Smith Rowe who's on loan from Arsenal the kind of Huddersfield's only decent move of the game really I have to say in open play that was the only decent move of the game and it came <laughs> the 85th minute they kind of threw ball into the edge of the box he kind of just you know, fires across the goalkeeper and then me and my family are in the, the local pub going mental. Um, there was a, yeah. c- a couple of old women eating there, kind of having a meal out next to us who, who were completely bemused. The bar staff thought it was hilarious that we were just going mental. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that was the big moment. The game in general was very poor, but I wasn't expecting those to do anything. But yeah. to be fair to them, they defended well. Yeah, yeah, they did. And uh, yeah, Emil Smith will with the uh, winner here. How, how did you feel when that goal went in? Because uh, I was going mad here. 
yeah, we, we were buzzing because I, I I was really worried that you know that once it got to kind of 85, 86, that West Brom were just going to get like you know like earlier in the season where they got that last minute diving penalty for against Preston, they won the game to go I think they go above us at the time, and I was fuming at that. I thought they were definitely going to get the referee was definitely going to give them a penalty or give them something, and they were going to get a last minute winner, and I thought that was the way it was going to go, and I was I was mentally prepared for that. Because I thought that was going to happen, and then obviously Huddersfield score, and then you, you just go, you just go mental. Because you know, you know, at that point is done. Yeah, I mean, like you looked at the time as soon as that goal went in, and you're thinking, there's five minutes left here, and West Brom need to score two goals to win the game. It's like it's not going to happen. But the, the way they were playing, it wasn't going to happen. So it, it was just such a weird feeling, and you were like, it's not meant to happen this way. We're watching Huddersfield, for God's sake, we're watching <laughs> Huddersfield, and we're going up because Huddersfield have won. It was just, it, 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 it was just surreal. I've got to say, watching that game made me really appreciate how good we've been this season because it was a hard, hard watch because they were both terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it was the amount of mistakes they were making, the general low quality of play, it was just hard watch. Yeah, I mean, I, I was looking at West Brom thinking, how on earth are these guys second? How on earth are we really battling for automatic promotion against these lot? Because they were dreadful, but um, it was just surreal. So yeah, Huddersfield win. We were promoted to the Premier League. That sparked huge celebrations outside of Ellen Road. The squad were watching inside Ellen Road. So they were stood at window, eventually came outside, celebrated with the, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of fans who were outside the stand at Ellen Road. Uh, Charles, you went down. How, how how was all that for you? Yeah, well, I didn't go into the thick of it because I'm still trying to keep me distance from people, to be fair. I was kind of on the edge of it, kind of about 15 yards back near the near the, near the centenary sign. So we were kind of stood in like a separate group of people I went down with. But obviously they had that big kind of mosh pit bit in front of the gates, in front of the, the east stand doorway. They were, they were going mental. People lighting fireworks off and flares off and, and chants. And it was um, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. It was, um, yeah. I wish I wish it had stayed slightly longer. Uh, we we kind of took off into town to go see if because the public could get into, but they were all shut because um, it's lockdown, it so they still shut all the pubs shut at eleven. So I wish I'd have stayed slightly longer, but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. We had a, had a few cans there, and I just had a had a really good time. I took a few pictures of my brothers and me, um, a few friends, and it was it was it was good. I enjoyed yeah. it. I could watch Brentford's game against Stoke or not watch it, track it on my phone, um, on Twitter without any pressure. I could just watch it, thinking <laughs> even if they win. We're still promoted. There's nothing yeah. anyone can do at this point. We're still promoted. Yeah, exactly. But as it happened, it, as it happened, it went even better. <laughs> yeah, it very much did. But, um, but yeah, just a surreal night on Friday. And it, it was so great seeing all the videos and pictures of all the celebrations um, outside the road. It, it didn't look too great the morning after, but credit to Lisa at Council and all the fans who went down to clear up afterwards. It was spotless at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning. So, uh, yeah, all credit to everyone who went down there to, uh, to clear up. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I was sensible. I didn't go down. I uh, celebrated sensibly at home. I just sat there till four in the morning, just drinking rum, staring at the telly, watching the uh, Square Ball live stream where uh, Michael Normanton was chatting to two naked blokes and a guy who was sat in darkness. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a very, uh, very uh, interesting uh, night. Uh, but, yeah, it was just surreal. And, yeah, as you say, got even better on Saturday. All lives won Stoke City versus Brentford. Um, and, again, I was just... Ex- I was just expecting Brentford to go out and, and win this game. But no, they didn't. Stoke incredibly ended up winning 1-0. Lee Gregory, uh, his first half goal was enough. And uh, yeah, that crowned Leeds United Championship champions. Uh, how was Saturday night for you? It was good. I didn't, um, I didn't, I didn't, I recall it. I think I didn't go out on Saturday night. Um, I kind of just had a few drinks at home and it was, it was, it was nice. Cause I, I was, to be honest, I was still a bit hungover from Friday night. Cause that was, that was, <laughs> 
absolute mess. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really go out on Saturday night. I just kind of I celebrated. Uh, I went back back to back home and celebrated with my dad and my brothers and uh, and my mum, and it was it was nice. So yeah, I didn't I didn't really, I didn't really do much because I, I kind of got it all out of my system on the Friday night. I, I really wasn't expecting us to get promoted champions on on, um, on Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the derby game as, as well. That was that was kind of, but I, again, I didn't have much to drink because I, I I was really quite ill after we celebrated promotion, <laughs> but really ill. So I thought I'll just take it easy, just have a couple of drinks and just you know keep it steady. But yeah, yeah. I don't know how you celebrated. Yeah, I mean, and just another night of drinking on the sofa yeah. drinking rum uh, just occurred for me I mean yeah I don't think anyone was expecting Stoke to beat, to beat Brentford but yeah they did uh, big result uh, for, at both ends of the table really and um, yeah Leeds crowned champions and you know it was such a weird feeling I, I didn't I couldn't get any happier I'd reached peak happiness on Friday and there was no chance of me getting any happier it was just like oh yeah it's happened yeah it was just a, just like a, it felt like a, a little bit of a bonus I mean you know being promoted to the Premier League still hadn't sunk in I couldn't really quite comprehend us being champions. Um, yeah, just a another surreal, surreal evening. It, it was just incredible. And yeah, that was it. We we won the league without even kicking another ball. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I don't know what we were so worried about because it's ended up being so easy. We've ended up absolutely pissing it in the end. Uh, crown champions <laughs> with two games left of the season. It was weird, wasn't it? Because we the way it felt like it felt like West uh, that West Brom and Brentford were kind of constantly right behind us but they weren't really we, we, we kind of always kept them at arm's length yeah if we win the Charlton game I think that's six wins on the bounce again in the season obviously we had seven earlier in the season and I think we've had uh, five earlier in the season as well so we, we, we get these winning streaks and then when, when we're in when we've got the momentum going when we're in form we just kind of we're, we're pretty much bulletproof I kept we, we constantly kept uh, Brentford at arm's length and they only dropped what they dropped three points in in nine games, and we and we managed to keep them at arm's length. It's fairly yeah, impressive, yeah. to be fair. Yeah, it's just incredible, and and no one expected this as well because we never get any favors from anyone. But then in two days, you know, over the course of a week, and we get two favors favors from two teams who are in the lower half of the table. So it it was just awesome, just awesome, and yeah, we've ended up absolutely just you know steamrolling the league, champions, crown champions with two games left. It's just incredible. And yeah, Marcelo Bielsa uh, has now led Leeds to a fourth ever second division title uh, following successes in 1923-24 under Arthur Fairclough, in uh, 1963-64 under Don Revy and uh, 1989-90 under Howard Wilkinson. Um, And, you know, it's incredible how 30 years ago we won the second division title and 30 years ago Liverpool won the Premier League. And since then... In, until now, you know, Liverpool haven't won the Premier League until this year, and until then, we haven't won the second division until this year. It's incredible how it all works out. You know, thirty years on from when Liverpool last won the Premier League, we last won the second division. You know, we, we you know, both teams win win them again. It's just incredible how it all works out. To win the division in our centenary year as well, that is yeah, that's that's very important. That's, that's good for the club. It's um, start of a new chapter. Start of a new chapter in the Premier League. That's the way it should be. Yeah. And it's amazing how it all works out as well, because, you know, if it, if it was, you know, I, I go back to the Leeds Liverpool thing, you know, if it was 31 years, 32 years or 29 years, no one would really care. It wouldn't be that important. But because it's such a, a perfect round number of 30 years since Leeds last won promotion, um, won, the, won the second division and Liverpool last won the Premier League, it just makes it even better. And as you say, in the centenary year, of course, it would have been nice to, you know, have our first season back in the Premier League in the centenary year. 
but to get promoted in the centenary year, it's just it's awesome. It's amazing how it all works out. And uh, I saw a comment from a Liverpool fan who's who's he's commenting on the Leeds post. I talked to a Leeds fan or whatever and saying, um, "Nice to see you lads have bottled it this year." And Leeds fan replied to it saying, "Well, you guys didn't, so we thought we wouldn't either." Because <laughs> obviously they finished one point behind Man City last year and they missed out just. But yeah, it's um. It's a funny old game, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah. it's just the way it works out sometimes. And uh, yeah, so we went into the uh, game away at Derby County on Sunday. A bit hungover, not just fans, but players as well. Um, but essentially, you know, we've nothing to play for, really. So in saying that, you know, I guess, you know, we were playing for pride because we are champions. You know, we, we need to show it, really. Yeah, well, if you if you get crowned champions and you just slack off, people tend to think less of you I think Liverpool have kind of slacked off a bit since they won the title they've um, they dropped a few points and, and lost a couple of ga- uh, one or two games and, and yeah you just you don't want to be viewed as you know relaxing I don't, I don't think Bielsa lets the players react, uh, relax anyway because uh, it's not it's not his nature to do that when they've got a job to do and he, he recognises that even though the league's won it's, they've got, we've got fixtures to, fu- to fulfil and even he'll be aware that there's a, there's a point of personal pride with beating uh, Derby County uh, for all the reasons that came up last year so yeah, it was, it was important we didn't lose this game. I didn't particularly care if we won the game because we didn't need to. I just didn't want to lose. I think if we'd, if we'd have lost, then we'd have been getting we'd have been getting grief from every single championship <laughs> fan, every single Premier League fan. So I didn't want us to lose. I accepted yeah. that we'd been on the, that we'd been drinking all weekend. So like, I would I, I would have been set up like a one-one draw. Like when when Pablo equalised, I thought right, that's fine, that's fine. Just see it out if you want. I'm not that bothered because obviously they went one 0 up thanks to um kind of a bit lucky really because Perveda kind of clears the ball doesn't he yeah at the start of the second half the first half was decent to be fair they didn't, they didn't really have any chances we, we, it was a bit scrappy we had a, we had a couple of chances but nothing nothing really clear cut and second half they they started off and they just got like a look it, it was like a clearance Perveda that just got intercepted but it wasn't it was, it was a bit fortunate and then obviously they lay it off and then it Chris Martin finishes and deflects off um Aliens back and goes over because see, I was, I was <laughs> as the second goal Chris Martin has scored against us this season, and I was fuming because I was just you know <laughs> uh, sh- shouting uh, Coldplay themed insults at the TV when he scored, um, <laughs> various other things that I can't mention on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I was, I was very happy two minutes later when Pablo equalised. Um, yeah, obviously it's good to good kind of link up play with Pavedo and kind of them finding each other. Pablo hits it kind of first time with a bit of power, gets deflected, and then obviously very similar to his Stoke finish. You know the fourth goal against Stoke when he kind of yeah. just places the ball on the side net, just curves the ball in, places it perfectly, and he kind of does the same here. Uh, keeping gets a kind of tiny bit of a hand to it, but nothing, nothing that's going to keep it out. And then it's one one, and then we're straight back in it. And they were, you could tell they weren't up for it. They they looked mentally weak, didn't they? I don't know if you you think that. I thought it looked kind of mentally weak yeah. at uh, Derby. Yeah, I thought I thought Derby looked just really, really poor. But I, I mean, again, you know, they had nothing to play for going into this game. I mean, I was saying beforehand, I was speaking to some Derby County fans and uh, from the uh, Rams Review podcast, and yeah, we, we you know we're just saying you know it, it was a dead rubber game. I, I don't really know what I was expecting going into this. What what were you expecting going into Sunday's game? I was expecting it to have kind of like a preseason feel about it, and it did kind of have a preseason feel about it. It was a bit. I thought we were much sharper than we were against Barnsley. Much. I thought we played better. Than we did against Swansea as well. I thought it was probably our best performance since that that win against Stoke. 
I thought Pervera was very, very lively down our right. I thought I was very impressed with him. He was probably my man of the match, really. He was, he was, he was excellent all day. He was yeah, he was fantastic. Technically, technically promising. He was linking up well. He was really causing problems. Shaq was good as well. I thought Streak was very, really impressive in, in DM again. I think we've got a bright future for the for the young players coming through, and I hope they get more of a chance um, over the pre-season and the next season. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, as you, as you were asking, what, what was I expecting? I was expecting us to, I was expecting us to turn up and, and try, but I wasn't going to be too annoyed if we didn't win. I just didn't want to lose. Yeah. And uh, were you hoping, were you, were you like me, hoping to see some of the uh, kids play? Yeah, I was I was, I was. was pleased that Bavada and Shackleton Street got the starts and um, and, and Robert's got his, uh, we were putting number nine. I thought that was a, it was a good move. I thought he was much, yeah. he's always much better in number nine than he's in number 10. I thought he was good yeah. in this game. He was, quite li- he was quite lively, especially in the first half. I did think he was getting a bit, uh, let's say, selfish on the ball at times. Like there was opportunities to lay it off the place to have another shot and he would take the shot or he would take too long to release the ball for a pass and the opportunity would be gone. I think the disallowed Pervade goal, I think if he releases that pass about maybe a second and a half earlier, Pervade is onside there. But it's confidence, isn't it, in your striker, which is you know, which is what you want. You want to see the striker, you know, take shots on, you know, keep the ball and and try go for goal. You know, that's what you want to see from a striker. Yeah, you want you want a bit of ruthlessness and a bit of selfishness. But the, there's times when you know it's it's, it's for the team. It's it's sad yeah. for ourselves. So you, I didn't mind if we didn't win it, but I kind of wanted to win it just for pride's sake because I knew we'd yeah. be celebrating on the pitch afterwards, and I knew that Victor Rod would be going mental in the. <laughs> produced one of the funniest videos I've seen in a while yeah. with the binoculars waving the flag about which is hilarious um, <laughs> and obviously Rajazani was on the pitch getting interviewed by Sky so I knew all this was I knew there was going to be some kind of after match celebration so you, you don't want to do that when you've lost or when you've drawn because yeah, it's a bit exactly. edgy you want to be in, you want to be in kind of a good, a good mood and, and obviously we got the we got the second goal through Shackleton it was um, I think if you watched initially I thought uh, Roberts had put this through meant for Shackleton but I think it's a misplaced through through ball if you look at him when he makes the pass he throws his hands up at Alioski because I think Alioski's making another one but he's offside as well because he's disappointed Alioski's not got on the end of it I think he's quite fortunate that, that Shackleton's in a really good position can take advantage of the through ball and it's a good finish just lifts it straight over uh, yeah. beats the offside trap great goal and um yeah, I thought that was a really nice goal. That lovely, lovely yeah. through ball from Tyler Roberts, I thought. And uh, yeah, Jamie Shackleton, his first senior goal. And uh, yeah, it was a really nice goal. It reminded me of uh, Dallas's goal against uh, Stoke uh, away earlier on in the uh, season. Yeah, that was a really nice it's, goal. And oh, I was just going to say, it's just about finding the passes to split the defence, isn't it? The, the, those kind of um, you know proper through balls that you, you just love to see. Yeah, yeah, it was such a nice through ball. And it, yeah, it was so good to see Jamie Shackleton, Stewick, you know, Robert's start. I mean, we made seven changes, which, you know, I, I was expecting us to make changes, but I wasn't expecting us to make seven changes of starting 11. You know, we've never seen that before under Bielsa. I don't think he's even made seven changes in a to a friendly match, never mind uh, in a league game. It, it was extraordinary to see. And uh, yeah, Barry Douglas, Jewick, Paveda, Shackleton, Alioski, uh, Pablo Hernandez came in and also Kiko Kassir, uh, which I wasn't too happy about Kassir uh, being there, but uh, you know, neither were some of the fans, but you know, we'll just uh, move swiftly on from that. But yeah, Charles, I mean, Charles, were you expecting all these changes? Uh, not seven. I was expecting probably three changes because I know I expected to be able to see this as more or less a preseason friendly because we've got nothing to play for. It was a dead rubber chance to give people a go. So I was expecting, I was expecting Shackleton to start because I was expecting, I don't know, because we still don't have Calvin. I was kind of. I was anticipating Street probably getting the nod. I wasn't expecting seven though. That was a, uh, I was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, but I was, um, 
Yeah, it's, it's good to see that we can rotate. Ro- rotation is, is how Premier League sides do it. We're going to have to do it more often when we go up next year. Obviously, there's fewer games, which is going to help us out because we've got eight, there's eight fewer games in the Premier League uh, than in the Championship. It's going to be rare for us to play more than two games in the space of seven days. Yeah, so yeah, it's going to be a really nice change. And um, yeah, really, really happy to see uh, these seven changes. You know, all the Yorks getting a run out. As you say, Perveda, fantastic. My man of a match. I thought, I thought it was brilliant. Will he be starting for Leeds anytime soon? Probably not. But he's just good to to have there, and you know, there's you know, I, I want you know, I wouldn't you know be upset if, if you know a wing got injured, and we'd be looking at Pervada thinking, oh no, is he going to be up to it? You know, it, it was very good in this game, so yeah, Pervada uh, def- definitely good to have. I was gutted though that Click didn't start because that's uh, his run of ninety two consecutive league games uh, coming to an end. So I was pretty gutted about that, but um, but never mind. He drank but, himself uh, out of I think. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean Bielsa. I think it was a cross between, all right, let's give some people a chance who haven't had a chance yet this season because we're already up. And then also, who isn't hungover and who isn't throwing up all over the place? Oh, yeah, these guys, so let, let's start them. Um, and yeah, Pablo Hernandez, captain as well, which was awesome. He was leading the team out in the, uh, in the guard of honour, which was hilarious to see. Little Wayne Rooney there just <laughs> applauding Leeds United onto the pitch. That was, uh, that was awesome to see. What was funny about that game is how, like, how much uh, Wayne Rooney just could not be asked running. Like he had a few nice touches here and there, and a few nice passes and stuff. So you can see he still kind of got it technically, but you can tell he's been playing in America where you just don't have to run much because he was just not doing any kind of physical effort. And with the Shackleton goal to put us two two one up, he stops on the halfway line to tie his shoelaces, and then he runs through and score. Uh, so yeah, it was, I, I promise you, if you watch the goal back, he, he's on the halfway line. He stops to tie his laces, and, and Roberts picks up the ball, feeds it through, and we score. It's 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 so funny. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I thought, and, and then obviously there was that bit in the game where. Rooney was trying to close down White and White just basically chipped it over his head out to the right back. I don't know if you saw that bit during the game. Yeah, in our own box as well. <laughs> yeah, in our own box, just chipped it over his head out to Alien or whoever was on the right wing. And it was just it was just nice to mug him off for 90 minutes. And um, uh, yeah, the, the guard of honour was funny, but you know, and it, it was a nice touch from Derby uh, County and Mel Morris to leave a, which I can't believe I'm saying that, those words, to leave a bottle of champagne <laughs> in the director's box for the... Um, yeah. That was nice, and obviously we we'll celebrate afterwards. Uh, I think they were trying to take the uh, the moral high ground there, but you know, I'm not really that bothered. It was yeah. it, we, we got to, we got to enjoy it. The only thing I wish they let us do is I wish they'd let us lift the trophy out of the derby game. You want to do it, Ellen Road, mate? No, because I wanted to lift it at their stadium because that'd be well funny. I want that photo. Yeah, we, we, we we celebrated. You know, did throw binoculars. That that that's that's enough for me. That's enough for me. Let's go back to Ellen Road and, and lift the trophy. But um. But yeah, no, this game, I mean, i, I got to be honest, I didn't really watch the game. Quite a lot of it just passed me by. Um, you know, I wasn't really you know too invested in it because, you know, quite frankly, you know, I didn't really care anymore because we were all the champions, you know. We're, um, I wasn't really that invested in it and a lot of it just passed me by. But, um, but no, it was nice to just, you know, see our B team just absolutely demolish Derby at their own backyard. That was that was very nice and um yeah, no, not half time. Uh, but before we we move on in in you know into the second half, discuss all the goals which we've already touched upon. Uh, we do need to mention that in the first half we saw Gaetano Bavardi, the defender, Gaetano Bavardi subbed off on a thirty three minutes due to an injury, and uh, yeah, it was announced on Monday after scans that the thirty uh, one year old has suffered an ACL tear in his knee, which is a uh, yeah really isn't good. Uh, we uh, do, of course, wish him a, a very speedy recovery. Uh, but yeah, Charles, Bavardi is out of contract very, very soon. 
Um, you'd hope that you know this isn't the end of his career at Leeds United because it would be so so cruel. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the same injury that kept Eddie Brown out for for a year. Alan Shearer had got, got got it done to himself twice. Yeah, it's kind of a six to nine month thing. If you're lucky, if not, it's longer. Yeah, it's a really it's a really tough one. I feel I feel so bad. For, I'm glad he was on the pitch at the end uh, and he got to celebrate, even yeah. though he's on you know leg brace on crutches. I'm, I'm pleased, and I really hope he's there with the squad lifting the trophy after the Charlton game because he's earned it. And um, you see players at uh, the likes of Charlton and Hull, where Hull, Hull's captain and vice captain both decided not to extend their contract at the end of the season. Charlton's top score scorer Lyle Taylor decided not to extend his contract at the end of the season in case he got injury. We said to Brady, "We need you for the last for the last month of the season. Can you sign this and we'll extend you by a month?" He signed it, no problem. We'll do whatever's necessary. And he's, I think he he might have been thinking about wanting to go back to Italy and play next year, next season. And it'll, I imagine it'll be gutting for him. But he's, um, so yeah, the club kind of has a responsibility. He's our longest serving player in the squad as well. Yeah. He's been here through some horrible, horrible times, <laughs> and he's. Um, and he's not Six left years. Um, he's made some mistakes throughout that time, but a, a lot of players have made mistakes. And for him, for him to, you know, pick up a six to nine month injury purely through playing uh, the last month of the season to help us out to get us over the line to beat Swansea and to beat Barnsley and things and like picking that. Picking it up and, in um, a meaningless game as well. Yeah, and a, and a game which, which which meant that we we, we could have played Ollie Casey in that game. We could have uh, played anybody in a streak at centre half. We could have done anything. I'm, I'm really I'm gutted for him. That it's, um, yeah. If it does end this way, it's a really sad end. Because yeah, definitely. Given, I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, I really hope you know the club just do the right thing, and you know offer him a contract. You know, maybe on less money or whatever. I think Bavardi would would accept it. You know, just. You know, to see Bavardi, you know, through his recovery, make sure he recovers properly and then see him off. I think that would be, you know, the right thing to do from the club and a, and a very nice thing. But um, but I, it's going to be interesting to see if the club do do that. I, I really hope they do do it. But um, yeah, no, just really yeah, well, to Bavardi. It's, it's, it'd be nice, nice to just, just to make the offer because we can make the offer and he might say, no, I want to, I just want to go recover in Italy and just, uh, or, or in Switzerland or, or, or whatever. And, and we can just, and we could wish him well, and that'd be the end of it because we've made the offer. And if he wants to recover it, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what Vajrajani will do. I think the majority of the fan base, including myself, would want him to make him a, a contract offer of a probably a year extension or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, I just want him to stay because he's a great bloke. You know, just great to have around the, uh, you know, the, the team. I mean, you know, we saw him the celebration, celebrating in his pants at four parts and and the rest of it. You know, he's just he's just you know such a, a you know good person. You know. As you know, as we've said, you know, he's been at the club for six years, been through so many horrible things. That six not six, which he didn't take part in, which you know, I, I just think he's he's a great character to have and just have him around, you know, for another year. I, I think it would be great. So, um, so, yeah, the least the club can do is offer it and then just see what happens. But um, no, really good for Barry, really, really gutted. Uh, but yeah, moving into the uh, second half then. So, you know, we've, we've touched upon it uh, earlier. Derby went ahead surprisingly with uh, Chris Martin. And a nice finish from him, to be fair, on uh, 54 minutes. But uh, Leeds responded instantly. Uh, 56 minutes with the uh, equalised Pablo Hernandez here with a, a fantastic finish, as Charles was saying. You know, great link up. Uh, Pablo took it down well. And yeah, a good strike into the bottom corner. Uh, 75 minutes. It was 2-1 to Leeds. We, we've touched upon that as well. Tyler Roberts. Uh, finding Jamie Shackleton for his first senior goal of the season. And then, uh, yeah, 3 1 on uh, 84 minutes, an own goal here. Uh, as we've said before, the uh, eighth own goal uh, in Leeds' favour this season. Um, Ali Oscar on the left crossed the ball, and uh, yeah, uh, Derby defender Matt Clark turned the ball into his own net. Uh, Charles, for you, is this uh, own goal of the season? 
<laughs> I mean, it's certainly one of the funniest ones I've ever seen because if, if he lets that go, that goes out of play. Bamford's not not going to get there. I know he doesn't know that. I know he's facing the wrong way. I just want to. I just want to say first of all, Brighton. I think Brighton have sent two centre halves on loan to the Championship this season. One of them has won the has won the league with Leeds United and will probably go on to play for Liverpool or something like that. The other one has just kicked the ball on his own net in a meaningless game at the end of the season for Derby. <laughs> I know. I mean. I found that hilarious. I was just looking at that. I think, Christ, it was just a, it was hilarious. He just kind of uh, he went to go. I know he went to go, kind of kick it. I don't know if he was trying to kick it over or kick it out to the side, but he just kind of kicks it and sliced it so perfectly that the goalkeeper couldn't get near it. It completely it wrong footed. It's a great finish. He's off yeah. balance. It's come off the back of his foot. You know, he's on the turn. You know, it's a great finish. He's not even looking at the ball when he when he when it goes in the back of the net. Maybe it's a fantastic finish from Matt from Matt Clark. <laughs> Definitely on goal of the season. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't even uh, cheer this goal when I saw it. You know, I actually just burst out laughing. Yeah, I was, I, was laughing. I just laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought oh, it's just funny, and it once that goal went in, it's kind of end of the game. Really. It was like five minutes left, and we just kind of saw it out, and it was so. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't worrying at all during the game, and yeah, when it became three-one. You know, any any slight worry I had just yeah went out the window and then yeah three one win over Derby here, yeah this was great. You know, I, I feel like I've now got closure from from last year. It's it's amazing how things come around full full circle. Yeah, I mean that was probably one of the worst evenings I've I've had at a football stadium. <laughs> yeah. By the end of it, I think me and you went to the pub afterwards and we were just sat outside having a having a bit of whiskey and that I'm feeling sorry for ourselves in, in the pub and thinking that we've we've ruined it. But you know, fourteen months later and we're here celebrating a, a league title when it's um sometimes you need two goals to get around. Sometimes you need two seasons and you need you need the philosophy to settle in more and you need the, the players to be to buy into it more and you need a little bit of extra quality and then once you've got that, uh you can just crack on. I think Bielsa they were asking Bielsa how he succeeded this season and not last season. He said basically the efficiency of the strikers is the same, but we made fewer defensive mistakes this season. That's why we're up. And uh, yeah. I think I've probably got to agree with him on that. Oh, yeah, definitely. We, we've certainly had a lot more clean sheets this season than uh, uh, than last season. And yeah, we, we've we've ended up winning more games. That's how we've we've gone up this season than last season. We've ended, we've ended up winning more games. It's just of, amazing we've how... We've had a lot of 1-0s as well. Like yeah. a lot of 1-0 wins, yeah. Yeah, we have. But, you know, it's, it's just amazing how last season, the worst night ever, and then this season, we've got a guard of honour away at Derby, beating 3-1, and we're champions of the league while they're in mid-table. <laughs> but no, it, it's just amazing how things come come full circle. It's uh, yeah, yeah, it really, it's... really is in- incredible. And, uh, yeah, Leeds United, we've now set a new club record of 13 away league victories <laughs> in a single season. Um, again, large celebrations, uh, loads of fans going into uh, Millennium Square to... Uh, to celebrate um, and again credit to uh, the fans and Lisa Cancel who went down to clear up Millennium Square the day afterwards it's uh, spotless now so yeah big big work there but um, yeah large celebrations you know with the squad you know I think they went back to the Doubletree Hilton in Leeds and they uh, celebrated all night and uh, yeah fantastic COVA celebrations from the players in the changing rooms and, and whatnot and it was also fantastic as well to see Bielsa just let loose over these past few days because you know over the past few weeks or so you know he's kept quiet about you know Go, going up, he, you know, he's never really, you know, admitted. Oh yeah, we're, we're going up now, you know. But but over this weekend, you know, Bielsa just seeing him celebrate and have a big smile on his face. It was so nice to see. Yeah, it was. Um, 
he was saying that I think I'm going to definitely you know botch the quote here, but he was, he was quoted as saying um, he said there's two kinds of love in uh, love in life. You get uh, the love you get from your friends and your family, and the love you can inspire people to give you in the job that he does. And he says he feels this this love and this joy from the uh, from these fans at the moment. So obviously not directly quoting him there, but you, you can look it up. It's definitely he definitely said it. And um, see, that's a nice feeling. And um, obviously he's got the uh, I don't know if whether or not we're going to mention it later on. He's got the the street. Uh, named after him between Commercial yeah, Street and, yeah. um, and Trinity. Yeah, yeah, Marcel, that's the... Marcel Bielsa, yeah. So, yeah, that's he's, awesome. Um, the I think the Supporters Trust have requested that Leeds City Council give him the freedom of the city as well. So, yeah, because um, we've got him on uh, his uh, 65th birthday, aren't we? And uh, he has a, as a yeah. birthday present. Uh, yeah, uh, Leeds United uh, Trust has uh, requested big council to give him. The uh, freedom of the city. So uh, yeah, that that that'll be nice, and he deserves it. He's he's a club legend, you know. On paper, he's the best manager to ever, you know, come at Leeds United. You know, with all the numbers and stuff, fifty-five percent win percentage, highest number out of any manager, uh, to, you know, who's been at Leeds. You know, he, he he is one of the best managers we've seen. Definitely top three managers that we've had at Leeds United. You know, he's a club legend now for taking us up, and all the players are, and yeah, they, they deserve everything. Yeah, they absolutely do, and um, I, I really, I really just want want to get his contract sorted because I think we can all relax once his contract sorted yeah. for next season. Because yeah, definitely. obviously every season that he gets like a, a new rolling contract, so but obviously he'll want he'll want certain assurances over certain players and certain transfer budgets, and he wants yeah. to know he's able to compete with the squad that he's got, and I can understand that, and he'll want certain improvements to the training ground and certain things. Yeah. But the thing is, as well, that's all he wants. He just wants assurances. You know, with with you know, with the fact that you know, if he wants something doing to four parts, you know, he wants to know that the club will do it. He's not bothered about the paycheck he's gonna get, and he's not bothered about Premier League football either. You know, he was saying in his interview afterwards, you know, the temptation of a Premier League isn't gonna sway my decision. He he just wants to have that security from the board to know, all right, if I if I want something doing to help improve the players, you know, the club will do it. Which is just, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, and he wants all he wants to be able to know and be assured of is that the club can compete so that's what he wants and he wants to be able to get the players up to the standard and get a few new additions in so he can compete in the Premier League that's that, that is all he wants it's only yeah. it's what it's what every manager wants every manager that's ever been promoted from the championship has gone right I need these certain things doing otherwise we're going to get relegated so I don't think no I don't think any of his demands will be unreasonable uh it, yeah it seems He's, he's probably one of the most reasonable blokes about, to be fair. Yeah. He's just such so, a great guy. I've, I've never loved an old man so much. I've only known for two years. I've only known of him well, for two years and I love yeah. him so much. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's definitely the quote of the episode, that I've never loved an old man so much. I've only known for two years. Right. Okay. Um, but, you know, he's just such a great guy. And, you know, when he mentioned that video as well of uh, Marcel Bielsa outside, Derby's ground after the game on Sunday. He was uh, leaving, but stopped his car, went over to a, a disabled Leeds United fan and gave her a big old hug, which was just so nice to see. It just shows you, you know, the, the, the great character Marcel Bielsa is that will stop a car to to greet the fans. It, it was just so nice. Yeah, it was It was a nice touch. It was a nice touch. Yeah. And uh, yeah, what, what a surreal, surreal weekend it's been. Uh, but the season, it isn't over yet. Leeds United still have one game left, uh, which is against Charlton at Ellen Road on Wednesday night. We'll preview that game later on in the show. So let's now have a look at some news. And we've got loads of news to go over in this episode. Um, of course, we've got many players who are on loan at Leeds United and out of contract, including head coach Marcelo Bielsa. Um, and owner Andrea Ravazzani has said in a recent interview 
that the club will sit down with Marcelo Bielsa soon to discuss the future. Uh, we, of course, all hope that he stays. Um, Charles, are you expecting Bielsa to stay? Uh, yeah, I think he'll give us a he'll give us a season in the Premier League. I can't see why he would. I think it appeals to the to the competitive side of him. The um, he wants to compete with the best up there, and he'll want to play against um, Guardiola's Man City, and he'll want to play against Klopp's Liverpool. Yeah, exactly. And he'll want to play against he'll want to get, play against Alteta's Arsenal again. I'm sure they found that an interesting battle back in January. I'm sure I want to go for part two. Yeah. So I can't see him turning. But also, as we've said. He just needs the insurance assurances. If he gets the assurances, I'm sure he'll. Yeah. The way the way he talks about the club, the way he, he feels about the fan base, that you can't see him turning it down. He's yeah. He's, the, he's by a significant distance the most popular man in Yorkshire. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I can't, I can't see him turning that down. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Marcelo Bielsa's brother came out uh, recently and said that he he can't understand why Bielsa would want to leave. You know, the, the, I think the temptation of playing Premier League football week in week out against the Pep Guardiola's and Mourinho's and Klopp's and Arteta's, you know, it's a big temptation, you know, even though he may, he may say that it isn't, you know, it definitely is a big temptation. And, you know, I think with the fact that we convinced him to stay for, to stay for a second season in the championship, I don't think we'll find it too hard to, to convince him to stay again, but you know, he is unpredictable and he may think, all right, we've, I've got Leeds promoted. That's job done now here. But, you know, obviously, you know, we all hope that he stays and Ravizani has said that he is confident that Bielsa will remain. Um, and so will he as well. Ravazan is confident that he'll stay as well. And uh, yeah, that Bielsa will stay. So yeah, the, the club just need to give him the reassurances. And yeah, I, I'm fully expecting Bielsa to, to remain at the club. Um, Ravazani uh, also said in the interview that he's working on a deal uh, with a player as we speak, but uh, didn't reveal who it is. Could it be Augustin, who of course we now need to sign as far as we know for £18 million from going up? Uh, we'll have to wait and see about that. But um now, there's also reports. Yeah, it's an absolute mess, that isn't it? Um, be interesting to see what happens with Augustin. Uh, but yeah, there are reports though that we have sorted out a deal already with Manchester City to take Jack Harrison on loan for another season. Uh, the contract that we had uh, this season on loan, we we had an option to buy, but I think that expired in in, in May. So yeah, there's reports that we have already already agreed. Uh, with Manchester City to take Jack Harrison on loan for another season, which you know I'm quite happy about. You know, I I I've really really have become a big fan of Jack Harrison throughout the season. Yeah, he's been he's been um, much better this season. He's been his his output has been better, and I think his um, his work he did in the off season between you know the, the start of uh, between the end of uh, Marcelo's first season and the start of his, his second season has been really helpful. I think he's been a much better player, much more well rounded. I've, I've just I've, I've enjoyed watching him as well. He's always he's always a great player to watch. He's great on the ball, great trickery, great dribbling. He's very unlucky with hitting the post. I must have seen him hit the post six times <laughs> with brilliant efforts. But yeah, I, I, we have to get him back. I don't know whether it's the whether the, we haven't signed him permanently because the options ran out or because. We've seen the fact that we could save. I think the option ran out. Yeah, we could also save eight million pound and just get him back on loan because I think um, obviously Pep's a big fan of uh, Bielsa and and because we're giving him Harrison so much game time, then obviously they're they're going to agree to it. No problem. Um, I mean, Jack Harrison could turn into one of these players, couldn't he? Who just stays on loan at a club and just stays there. He never signs permanently, like um, Louis Coyle at Fleetwood, just stays there on loan for for hundred games. (laughs) Fleet was the longest serving ever player on the books at Leeds United. No, no I think we've sold Luke Carl now, haven't we? I'm sure yeah, we have now, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's side. Um, Izzy Brown as well, he's always a lord. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. I, I think you're not allowed as many loan players in the Premier League, though, as you are in the Championship, so we've got to be wary of that. 
I think there's slightly more harsher restrictions on, you know, because I think you'll have, you'll have five lone players in a matchday squad, aren't you, in the Championship? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what the rules are with regards to the Premier League. It could be slightly different, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see Jack back. Um, I'll hope he'll push on and, and do well in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And uh, Vavazani as well also said that the uh, model will be more like Sheffield United than Villa uh, going up. Uh, he said that there's going to be a clear transfer budget in place uh, despite the expected 30 to £40 million pound revenue shortfall due to COVID-19. Uh, further investment will come from his own company. Uh, no deal is done yet with QSI, but the door is always open, he says. But, you know, I'm pleased that he said this. And, and I think it's a sensible decision, you know, because going up, we could have easily, you know, just, you know, we could easily just be like Aston Villa, go out and splash a load of money on a load of well, average players. And then, you know, there's that big risk of going down. Or you can trust the players who you have, who have been together before, keep all the foundations in place, keep the squad together and see what they can do. And I think that's a sensible way to go, you know. And Obviously, spend some money, but not too much money, and uh, yeah, just see what happens. I, I think I think that's a really, really sensible. Yeah, I think particularly with Berardi's injury as well, we're going to have to spend quite a lot of money on centre halves before the start of the season. I think we're going to have to get probably two centre halves in. I'm including, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating not getting Ben White back in that second. We'll probably have to buy his two centre halves. I think Bielsa's looking at. I've heard that we're we're looking at one of Liverpool's youth players. For a left back, I don't know, I can't remember what his name is. Um, Lebrucci, is it? Lebrucci? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's the one I heard. Um, yeah, he might be the, he might be a good shout because uh, they've brought quite a good crop of um, young players coming through, so he might end up in the in the first team. And then obviously, it's, um, they've got to convert Meslier's as loan, which looks which like it is going to happen. Yeah, it looks like it is going to happen. Yeah. So yeah, Meslier, the, the, I think uh, I've seen I think I've seen a quote from Meslier recently in the interview saying that he's happy at Leeds and wants to say so. Um, so yeah, that that'll be good if uh, Messier stays because he he's been a good goalkeeper, hasn't he? Ilan Messier, he, he's been a really good goalkeeper. A lot of clean sheets, of course. Twenty years old as well, still very young. So he's gonna he's gonna be very very good. But yeah, of course, he, honestly, he is I, only on loan. So I don't, I, don't, I would honestly start him next season. I would honestly have him in the first team. I would as well. He's a really good goalkeeper. It reminds me a bit of Courtois, just because he's just really lanky limbs and that. <laughs> You know, he's he's just one of them one of them goalkeepers that's just enormous. So, but yeah, his distribution is very good. I thought Casilla yesterday was on Sunday. I should say his distribution was was poor. I, I wasn't I wasn't really seeing much in Casilla's distribution. Whereas Mezzi's is good. Yeah, I, I, you, there's always a bit of a risk with the young keeper, but I, I honestly I've got I've got faith in him. I think we should get, I think we should give yeah. him a nod. I said this after the Arsenal game, you know. Obviously, he's got areas to improve because he is only young. He's 20 years old, but he's going to get best. He's going to get better. And I can see Messier being one of the best goalkeepers, you know, in, in the world in a few years. 20 years old. And he's fantastic. He's just been promoted to the Premier League with Leeds. Uh, yeah, I think he's a great goalkeeper. But, of course, he's only on loan. Been on loan this season from uh, FC Lorient over in France. But, you know, it looks like he's going to stay, which is good. Uh, so, yeah, we just need to convert that. And uh, it's not going to be too much, around £8 million or so, I believe. But, yeah, Ilan Messier, I'd love him to stay. And I think he will stay. But, no, it's good. It's a good call from Mavazani to say that we're going to be more like Sheffield United because... You know, they've had a fantastic season. Who expected Sheffield United to be up and around the Europa League places? You know, I don't think anyone did. So, um, so yeah, I think I think it's good to just be sensible and watch the pennies and uh, yeah, keep all the squad together and uh, yeah, just see what happens. I was going to say equally though, you don't want to do what Norwich did and basically spend no money whatsoever and yeah. get you know be the whip, be the whipping boys of the Premier League. You don't want to end up like that either. Yeah. So there is there is a certain middle ground. Between, yeah, you need to find you know, a balance. You, yeah, but Norwich City's best signing was was Sam Byron. 
So that, that that's all you need to know. You know, as long as we make a better signing than Sam Byram, then yeah, I, I, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, you just need to find the you know the medium there. But um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we're not we're not too um, too ludicrous with how much we spend. Um, and Ravazani as well also in this interview said that um, he is likely to break the transfer record you know on, on the amount of money we've spent on one player hell the cost of £15 million he said he's likely to break that so um, yeah that's going to be interesting to see and there is of course though a big concern amongst Leeds United fans about the future of Ben White uh, the 22 year old has of course spent this season on loan from Brighton and their Brighton manager Graham Potter has been full of praise for him uh, and no wonder Ben White has been fantastic this season. And uh, yeah, it's clear uh, that they would like to keep him. Uh, but I, I think, you know, if a big bid comes in for Ben White, then Brighton would probably, you know, have to sell him. You know, they're a club like that where if a big bid comes for a player, they're, they're, they're going to let him go. Um, and yeah, a £35 million price tag to put on Ben White's head, um, that that is believed. And I mean, Charles, I, I think we should just pay anything for Ben White. He, he's so good. And just to keep yeah, a squad together, I, I just think, yeah, £35 million, just go out, spend it, get, get him back. There is absolutely no way we're going to spend as a newly promoted club £35 million on a centre-half. It's just not going to happen. Aston and, Villa I, I did. Really, yeah, I know Aston Villa did, but I, I just can't see it. I can't see it. Um, I'd be, I would be, you know, Leeds will probably put in a 20 or 20 to 23 million pound bidding I can see him doing something like that and then you know kind of testing the waters and but I can honestly see us you know turning up there saying all right we'll give you 23 maybe 24 million pound for him and uh and Liverpool turned up and saying oh we'll give you 35 and I'll just go to Liverpool and or, or Man City turned up and I think Man City yeah. are looking for a new new centre half as well so I really hope he doesn't end up at Man City and end up like the, you know like John Stones where, where he just like he will get a game there he will get. He, no, not not that he will get a game there, but he just he won't develop right, and he'll end up, you know, shunted off and you know not playing. And I really hope yeah. he can see the benefit of uh, Ben White personally. Can see the benefit, and obviously it's Brighton's decision. But if Ben White puts in a transfer request, then you then you've got to sell him. If if a, if a bid comes in, or you're very strongly obligated to sell him. And I think if 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 Leeds go in with a sensible bid. Kind of early to mid twenties. I reckon they'll, they'll, they might turn around and just say, "All right, you can have him." Because obviously Brighton are kind of safe in the Premier League now, which makes it harder. If they'd have gone down, it'd been easier. And you've got to remember as well, Ben White isn't proven in the Premier League yet. So, you know, if a yeah, bid of twenty million pound comes in for Ben White, I think Brighton may have to accept it because you, you don't know how good he's going to be in the Premier League. And they've got loads of centre backs of Brighton anyway. They, they, they're like they're hoarding them over there. They've got like Lewis Duncan on the bloody rest of them, Duffy and yeah. whatever they've got. Is there? So well, they sent got out two centre backs on loan this season to the Championship. Sent out two centre backs on loan, so they've got they've got loads. <laughs> yeah, we've we've got we've got Liam Cooper, who's pretty much the only senior centre back at the club now, and nobody else. So nobody else senior anyway. So we we really need to to book up in that position. Um, yeah. I would go in for him with a sensible bid, kind of early, maybe possibly to mid twenties. But yeah. if they don't accept a kind of mid twenties bid, then we're out of contention, really. I think I think we have to accept that. Um, I mean, I mean, I think you know Leeds have a good chance of keeping him because I think Ben White. He spent the season here. He looks very happy at Leeds. You know, we've seen all the videos of him celebrating with the fans um, at the team celebration on Sunday night. He was singing, matching on together. You know, he, he does look very happy. He, he settled down well. Him and Calvin Phillips looks to be really good friends. Um, and so, yeah, I think Ben White, you know, if, if the opportunity cropped up where he could stay at Leeds, I think he definitely would take it. I think he is happy here. But, you know, money does talk. And, I, yeah, it, 
Leeds United can only bid how you know however much they can. You know, if Liverpool and Man City come in with a forty million pound bid, we can't match that. And then, uh, yeah, Ben White would 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 just go there. Yeah, money talks, but I think if the option was there to come back to Leeds, I think I think Ben White would would take it. Uh, I think you know there's such a big benefit of. Uh, being under Marcel Bielsa, playing every single week for Leeds United, there's a big benefit yeah, there. So. I was going to say that. He knows he's going to play every single week in the Premier League with Leeds. He's going to be in the team every week regardless. Yeah. He's going, exactly. he's going to play. So, whereas he knows if he goes to Man City or Liverpool, he's more than likely just going to be a backup or he's going to be a bench player or he might even get chucked back in the youth system. And you just think, well, would you rather want that or do you want to just come play Premier League football with us every week? Under Marcel Bielsa. Yeah, obviously Brighton have got the Brighton also might say to him as well. You'll play every week with us, but, but I, I, Phil, Phil Hay said in the Athletic he's on a comparatively low wage at Brighton as well because obviously he was a youth player going out on loan. He's not on much money, so we could we could chuck him in a nice, attractive um, Premier League wages way and a, a four, a three, four year deal, and he might, you know, he might go all right. I'll, I'll come here then. That's fine. Yeah, I definitely think we have plenty of uh, you know. I think we have a good chance of learning him back to Leeds, but you know, as I say, money talks and. Uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting, but uh, yeah, I, I think if Lee's put in an early bid, uh, I, I think we'll have him back. Now, I'm really confident that that he will stay. And um, yeah, I, 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 I'm pretty sure that I think think we can all agree on that. This is the most important thing, you know, just to keep him white because he's so good. So yeah, de- definitely that that's got to be priority. Um, well, moving on, and someone who looks like they could believe in Leeds United is uh, under 23s coach Carlos Corbinan. Um, he's been uh, it's been reported that Championship side Huddersfield Town are interested in him. Um, it's been a strange week at Huddersfield, really. They, of course, beat West Brom, who were second on Friday, maintained the Championship status for next season, and then they went and sat for Cowleys. I mean, just a bizarre decision, really. I don't know, I don't know what you thought of that, Charles, but I thought it was really strange that news coming out. Yeah, it was a bit. It was strange. I think they, the Huddersfield board, will probably they will wait until they they got them safe, so mathematically safe, um, and then they will start planning for next season. And they obviously, they said in their in their tweet when they sacked him, they weren't accepting any applications for the manager. So they clearly they've clearly spotted Corbin and thought he's he's the guy for us. He's the guy that's bringing the the youth players up to Bielsa from the twenty threes, and he's done a quite a good job of that. He's he's filling the, the philosophy through. That's the kind of football we want to play. I, I'm kind of assuming these things, but that's that's what I would think if I was looking no, at it. No, but, well, that's what they said. They said the Cowleys didn't match the direction that they wanted to go in. And yeah, you mentioned that they're, they're not taking applications. They know what kind of you know person, what kind of man they want in charge, and they're going to go for him. So, um, but it was a strange decision obviously- though, because because they hired the Cowleys after they had picked up just one point in six games, and then they sacked them after they've just beaten West Brom and maintained championships their championship status for next season. It is bizarre, but um, but yeah, obviously Huddersfield wants something else, and uh, yeah, it's Carlos Corbran, the man that that uh, they seem to uh, be wanting. And yeah, you know, for me, it would be really sad to see Corbran go because I think he's just a great coach. It would just be great to have him there. You know, it could be a good successor for Bielsa uh, at some point in the future, and you know, it would just be great to just keep the foundations in place. But Corbaran does he's he's a good coach and he really does deserve a great opportunity like this. And we definitely shouldn't stand in his way if he wants to leave. No, he's um, obviously thirty seven, so most coaches kinda like start getting into it when they're in the late thirties, what so what Gary Monk and Lee Johnson did. Obviously I hope he's not like them too, but you know, they were the kind of age when you're kinda of getting into coaching. And obviously he's been a youth coach for a long time. He was he used to be a coach of Villarreal as well, youth coach of Villarreal. So he'll he'll be thinking, right, I'm ready for a first-team opportunity. In the same way that Pep Clotet was when he separated from Gary Monk, he thought, I'm ready to, to manage a club himself. 
which is fair enough. And um, well, best of luck to him. He's, he's won, uh, obviously won the, um, I think it was the, was it the Youth Cup? He won it with 23s. I was there for it. I should know this. Yeah. The penalty shoots out against uh, Birmingham, I think, when he won the... Uh, yeah, we were there. The, the, uh, the PDL, Professional Development League yeah. North. Yeah, he won. He won that. Obviously, won the PDL North. So, yeah, I mean, good luck to him. I don't, I'm not going to hold any bitterness towards him. I sometimes think when when players and coaches leave clubs, you people sometimes get get a bit revisionist on them. Uh, I think Janssen's a good example of that. He's, he had his down points, but he was also a fantastic defender for us. And but people have not have that many nice things to say about him now. But you know, he was, he was a fantastic player. I've got no bitterness towards Corbran. I wish the man well. I, I really hope he does, he does he does well. Even though yeah. I don't like Huddersfield, I still hope he does well. Yeah, I mean that's um, the worst thing about this. You know, if it was to to any other team, I'd be fine with it. But you know, to Huddersfield. Yeah, I, I, I don't want that. I don't want. I don't want to go to Huddersfield. But you know, he deserves an opportunity like this. He does deserve a chance at first team level. And um, yeah, if he wants to go, then yeah, definitely the, the doors open. And I'll con- and I'll congratulate him. Wish him wish him uh, the best of luck. Uh, but Carl Brando, last summer he turned down offers from Spain, so he could still turn this down. But um, Charles, do you see him going? I do. It's the more. The kind of rumours are getting to the point where, we, you know, when, when rumours kind of get to this at this stage, you kind of think this is going to happen. And um, as Radrazani was saying in that in that West Yorkshire Sport interview that the, he asked Corbrand if he offers last year and, and he, he turned him down because he asked Corbrand to say, give us another year, we'll do it, we'll get it done. So Radrazani considers um, Corbrand to have kept his word, they got the job done. He, he was the late, kind of the go-between between the first team and the 23s. He did the job. Got us promoted and um, he's earned his reward, he's earned his chance. And yeah, yeah basically, he's got his category one status as well in the, in the youth teams. He has, yeah, he was, he was a big part of that. So, along with that, a number of other staff at the academy and at the board level. But um, yeah, good luck to him. I hope he does well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sad to see him go, but he deserves it. And uh, yeah, the best of luck to him if he does decide to go to uh, Huddersfield Town. Uh, moving on, and uh, Leeds United have uh, given an update on uh, Leeds United season tickets and memberships for next season. Uh, so for existing season ticket holders who didn't renew earlier in the year, uh, they now have a two-week window uh, to renew online from 9am on Thursday, the 23rd of July, uh, and a three-month instalment plan uh, will be available for the supporters. Uh, from Monday, the 10th of August, the club will then process all seat transfers from existing season ticket holders. And then the uh, club also announced that they will be putting in place uh, a season ticket waiting list uh, launching on Friday at 9am, which can be joined online. Uh, Supporters uh, can pay £10 to join a waiting list uh, with priority going to 2019-20 gold members who attended nine or more home games during the uh, season. Uh, And following uh, this uh, priority period, remaining gold members uh, and then the general public will have a chance to join the waiting list. And the deadline for existing members to renew their League United membership is Monday, the 10th of August. And after this date, subject to numbers, a further announcement will be made as to whether memberships uh, will be made available for new applications uh, or for new applicants, I should say. Um, so, yeah, again, Charles, great communication from the club here. And yeah, a season ticket waiting list, which is a something new, something very interesting. Um, I know that a lot of clubs have a waiting list in place. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's normally not the biggest clubs in the world. Arsenal have got like a really long waiting list for season tickets as well. Um, I understand why the club aren't releasing anymore because they've got 20, I think it's 21,000 right now. 24,000, isn't it? I don't know. It's in the, it's in the early 20s anyway and the stadium holds what, 37 and a bit thanks to the executive boxes. Um, yeah, so um, 
I can understand why they're putting a waiting list in place because people want to be able to want reassurances that you know the go members and people with like higher loyalty and bit more games are going to get priority over people who haven't. I understand that, and yeah, as you say, good good uh, kind of um, communication from the club. They put a ten pound um, charge to get on the waiting list. Though. That's a bit cheeky. It's a bit. Um, <laughs> you a pay bit ten pounds for absolutely nothing. <laughs> you get, you're getting ten pounds to basically put your name in a in a queue. <laughs> But I suppose it's kind of an effort to kind of make up the, from the, the kind of COVID windfall of the uh, yeah. drop in revenue. Um, probably because I imagine there'll be a lot of people wanting to get on the waiting list. So oh, yeah, the waiting list that. is going to be full. It's, it's going to be so so full. I, I don't think people will hesitate at all to pay for ten pounds to get on the waiting list. But you know, it is an interesting decision. Uh, I can see why they've done it because yeah, demand for scene tickets and you know match day tickets is so high. Um, and you know, at certain clubs, pretty much the entire stadium is just season ticket holders. Um, so yeah, I, I can see why, why they've put this in place. It's not going to please everyone, of course. It's gonna, it's now going to be really, really hard to uh, get hold of. Uh, you know, it was already hard to get hold of uh, tickets and uh, new season tickets. It's going to be even harder now, I, I believe. But um, you know, it's good that they put a waiting list there. So if anyone you know does uh, give up their season ticket, and then you know, of course the, the people who are next in line, they'll they'll be the first to get the call to say, yeah, do you want a season ticket? All right, it's yours then. So yeah, I don't think everyone's going to be happy with this, but you know, I, I think it's a decent decision from the club, and uh, yeah, you can see why they've put it in place. Yeah, very interesting, very interesting indeed. Uh, season ticket waiting list. Uh, well, moving on, uh, Leeds United have confirmed that their partnership uh, with shirt suppliers Kappa will come to an end at the conclusion of the 2019-20 season. And uh, now this was expected. There's been so many reports uh, saying that Leeds have agreed a deal with uh, German sportswear manufacturer Adidas. Uh, for them to become uh, the club's new shirt supplier from next season. And, uh, yeah, Charles, this now looks very, very likely. Uh, yeah, looks imminent, really, is the word I'd use. It looks like it's going to be next few days or so. We've had, a, we've had a couple of decent kits off Kappa. Obviously, the commercially, it's been a very successful partnership because that the uh, charcoal grey and pink away kit was the most successful away kit of all time. Somehow. Uh, Selling-wise. So loads of people bought it. So the club have made a lot of money. I think it's 50 million off, off revenue. So obviously not all that's kits and not all that's Kappa's work, but you know they're certainly a big part of that. So it's been successful, but obviously the club know that with the um, with the shirt manufacturer and the shirt sponsor, we can make a lot more money as a Premier League team. So I'm sure that'll be in the back of their minds. I'll, I'll be very surprised if 32 Red are on the front of our kits next year as well. I think we'll have a new sponsor because we've got to renegotiate that deal as well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the new Adidas kits. I'll, it may be a while before I buy one because I'm not the most uh, the richest bloke in the world, but uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting one nonetheless. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what the uh, what they come up with. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And uh yeah, this is the first time we've heard the club come out and speak on this situation. Of course, there's been so many reports linking us to Adidas, but you know, this is the first time a club have said anything about the deal with Kappa, uh, which we expected was coming to an end. And uh, yeah, it, it is now that is now confirmed by the club. And yeah, I mean, Kappa, you know, there's been some nice shirts. I think a lot of them have also been dreadful. Like a lot of them have looked like a kid's just gone and called it in. You know, some weird coloured choices put together. But um, no, I, I think it's been decent. As you say, you know, the away shirt, the pink and grey one, somehow is the most old away kit ever. So, um, so yeah, they've had, they've had a decent tenure, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what Adidas produce. And uh, yeah, it'll bring in a lot more money for the club. Adidas are the biggest sportswear manufacturers in Europe, the second biggest in the world after Nike. So yeah, it'll bring in so much more publicity to the club because Adidas, you know, is a big massive global brand as i've just mentioned so um so yeah it, it's going to be good and you know they, they usually make nice nice kits so um so yeah i'm looking forward to seeing uh 
what what they produce. We of course saw that leak a few months ago of that um kind of like bluey greenish striped kit, which uh, now looks very very likely it is like, like that's you know the real deal. So um so yeah, inter- uh, interesting here. Kappa, uh, of course, uh, we should thank him for producing our kits. Um, you know, some very nice kits. But um, Adidas, I'm excited. I'm excited for for Adidas to come to lead it if that is the case. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, moving on, and uh, voting is now open for the uh, Leeds United Player of the Year. Uh, you can uh, choose anyone who was featured from the first team this season. Um, all, all the links will be in the video description, podcast description, if you want to go ahead and vote. It's on the Leeds United website. Uh, yeah, for Player of the Year, you can vote for anyone who's featured for the first team this season. Um, and you can also vote for the uh, Young Player of the Season. And the four options are Ilan Mezier, Ben White, Jamie Shackleton and Tyler Roberts. And uh, the goal of the season options are Luke Aylin's goal versus Huddersfield, uh, Pablo Hernandez's goal versus Stoke, uh, Stuart Dallas's goal versus Stoke, uh, Ritausch Click's goal versus Middlesbrough, uh, of course, in a 4 0 win, uh, Tyler Roberts against Hull, uh, Pablo Hernandez against Bristol City, uh, Luke Aylin versus Birmingham, and Calvin Phillips versus Birmingham City as well. Uh, Charles, who have you voted for here? Are you willing I to say? For... Yeah, I'm willing to say. It's not me political vote it's just a it's just a football vote isn't it it's um yeah i voted Stuart dallas for player of the season i think he's been exceptional i think he's slotted in everywhere we've asked him to he's um he's in how andy hughes did for us when we're in league one where he just plays left back even though he's not a left back all the time he's just been a, a really a bit of reliable player uh i had i think it was i know it was clinton morrison on uh, talking to Colin Murray on Quest, which is thankfully one of the last times we're going to be on Quest, he was basically <laughs> saying that um, you kind of never get really get lower than a seven out of ten with Dallas. Sometimes you, um, sometimes it's just a seven. Sometimes he's much better, but he's consistent. You get, you get, you get a solid performance everywhere you put him, and he's really been valuable to to Bielsa at times this season. So, and he's got some great goals. I mean, his one against Stoke was fantastic. I didn't vote for that one for goal of the season, by the way, but that was a brilliant goal. Yeah, uh, obviously got that last minute, last minute equaliser against. Um, Preston, um, Ellen Road. So, yeah, he, I, he went, I went for him for my player of the season. Uh, young player of the season. Against my better judgment, I went for Ben White uh, because I think that if he wins young player of the season, that's probably going to add an extra two million on his price tag. <laughs> um, so, I, so I did vote Ben White because I think he's just been exceptional all season. I mean, we've already waxed lyrical about him enough uh, today, so I won't go into too much detail, but <laughs> everyone knows why, the reasons why I voted for him there. Uh, goal of the season, I went, I went for Roberts against Hull just because... Um, well, which goal. one is it, though? I, because he's got two against Hull. Yeah, they, they didn't specify, but given they, they put a video after the whole game of the, the kind of passing manoeuvre one, I think it's that one. That's the one I'd be voting for anyway, the um, the kind of intricate passing, working it from left back to right wing, bringing it up to click, lays it off of Roberts, great finish. That's a, For me, that's like the, the archetypal Bielsa goal. The fantastic uh, pressure in, the, the pressing, getting out of tight spaces, the counter-attacking, the finding space and the finish. And it was, um, it was just a wonderful goal. It, it, it really was fantastic so that's that, that's the one i voted for right let's say your let's say yours yeah well for player of the season i was torn between pablo Hernandez and stuart dallas because pablo Hernandez, of course in in the restart he's been phenomenal he's won us so many games as pablo Hernandez, definitely the best player in this restart but i went for stuart dallas because he has been consistently brilliant throughout the entire season 
He, he's, he's been so, so good. I've been saying it all season. Dallas is one of the play of the uh, years uh, here. And uh, yeah, I just had to give it to him. He's been consistently brilliant throughout the entire season. Yes, Pablo Hernandez has been good, but I think only for this portion of the restart. I think Dallas been fantastic all season, playing in different positions, left back, right back, midfield, on the wing. You know, he, he he's played in so many different different positions, out of position from when he first joined. He was, I think it was a left winger when he first joined. I know he's a, one of the best fullbacks in the division. So, um, so yeah, playing out of position, he's been consistently brilliant. And yeah, ju- I just wanted to vote for him, you know, just for a change. You know, I don't think Stuart Dallas has won it before. So it'd just be nice to have a change. I, th- I think he does deserve that recognition. I, I think he has been a really, really good as a, a Stuart Dallas. A young player of the season, Ben White. Uh, now that you've mentioned it, it's going to add more money onto his price tag, isn't it? So, um, uh, but no, Ben White has been fantastic, and I think you know a lot of Leeds fans will vote for Ben White really, uh, just as another bid to to try and convince him to stay at Leeds, really, uh, just to you know tell him yes, you are loved by Leeds fans. And yeah, goal of the season, I went for Click versus Middlesbrough, but now I wish I went for Pablo Hernandez versus uh, versus Bristol City because he was on the turn, weaker foot, really good finish there. And uh, yeah, I think Pablo Hernandez deserves one award, but um, you know, I went for Click just because I, I really like it, and I was in the gantry for that game. <laughs> so um, I was I wasn't there for that game. I wasn't there. Which is, no, you uh, weren't. Heartbreaking, uh, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> but no, nah, I thought I thought that that was a brilliant goal. Ailing's goal as well against Huddersfield. That's a that's that was a fantastic volley. But, I was uh, there for that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I was late for that game, so I missed that goal, unfortunately. But, um, but no, that, that that was a great finish. Yeah, I didn't vote for Luke Ayling simply because I wasn't in the ground for that. There we go. Um, See, so yeah, I, I went for Click versus uh, Middlesbrough. Uh, but yeah, me and you both went for the same there. Uh, play of the season, Dallas. Young play of the season, Ben White. And then, uh, yeah, goal of the season. Some some hard choices there, but you went for Tyler Roberts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went for Matash Click. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see, uh, see uh, what else people vote. Um, and finally, Leeds United's final game of the season against Charlton Athletic at Ellen Road on Wednesday night, which was scheduled to be broadcast live on Sky Sports. Uh, now is no longer on Sky Sports. And the only place to watch it is on LUTV. So make sure to get your match pass set up well in advance for that game. I think it's because the Sky never expected both West Brom and um, Brentford to lose last week, so they, they they were really weren't anticipating anything like that. Yeah, it's a bit disappointing because we're lifting the trophy in that game, and we're not going to be able. We have to wait for the highlights on LUTV afterwards to actually see it. Because yeah. no, I think Sky will probably cut towards it, won't they? They'll they'll, they'll have Sky cameras there. We'll see it on Sky. Yeah, yeah you you you'd like to you'd hope so. But yeah, they've got West Brom QPR and they've got the Brentford Bouncer game on for obvious reasons because that's second place. Uh, is, is going to be is going to be decided there, so that's kind of the more interesting bit. But um, yeah, well, that's a lot of it going, but you know, I'm not, not not that bothered. I mean, it's a it's basically another friendly, isn't it? So yeah. the game itself, well, it's, it's a friendly. It's a friendly for us. It means quite a lot to Charleston because Charleston needs to win it to stay in um to stay in the division. If they win it, then yeah, exactly. they'll stay in the division. So, so there'll be game it, might, it might be a little bit like the the Barnsley game and that. We might be uh, a little bit more lax, honestly. It's a, it's a bit annoying that they want early, that they haven't saved themselves before now because they don't really want to relegate Lee Boyer, but I don't want to lose the game either. <laughs> yeah, it's a pity that they're not safe yet. But um, now I don't think many people are happy with Sky Sports now just pulling games from TV whenever they feel like. 
because now looking back at it, the Swansea game could have been on TV. I know a lot of people would have been able to watch that who who couldn't, um, who couldn't afford the yellow TV pass uh, or whatever. Um, and now the Charlton game, no one can 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 watch the uh, final game of the season. But um, you know, it is what it is. Sky will do what they want. So yeah, just make sure to get your LU TV uh, match pass set up well in advance. Um, also, before we move on, it's uh, probably worth mentioning that uh, Leeds United owner uh, Andre Ravazani said in that recent interview we were discussing about um, how disappointed he was in uh, the not-so-sensible celebrations, let's just say, from Leeds fans over the weekend. Uh, he has urged fans not to go down to the ground on a Wednesday night. And now, obviously, you know, we don't want to say to people, don't go and celebrate. Definitely do celebrate, but you know, just be sensible. Just think about what you're doing. Just be sensible. Don't get too carried away. And uh, yeah, stay stay away from the ground, really. You know, I mean, we're still in, I mean, we're still I, in a I, pandemic. I, I've been out, so I can't have a go at anybody else a bit for being out. But you know, there's different types of going out. There's going out and you know having having a few drinks and, and basically just standing with your family and your friends and the people you spend all your time with, and but not getting a huge crowd. And uh, and there's people who are you know attacking police officers and dropping litter everywhere and destroying cars, destroying cars and kicking off. And that's that's the wrong type of celebration. You don't want to be that type of person. Yeah. So. Ideally, Wednesday we've done we've we've celebrated this weekend. Yeah, we've already we've celebrated, already right. celebrated. So, There's no need to celebrate on a, on a midweek Wednesday night. Stay at home or just go around a relative's house or a friend's house or something and yeah. celebrate in someone's backyard because you won't be able to see the game anyway. So you may as well just get your match pass, just watch it in your house and sell, have, have, a, have a barbecue or something. The weather's nice. Have a barbecue. Don't bother crashing the city centre up again. Because yeah. It's, it's, it's frankly it's given us a bad name in the media I mean, I've been involved in, in I went to the ground I didn't go to Millennium Square but I did go to the ground so I, I have been part of it so I can't be sanctimonious about it I can't be hypocritical about it but don't, don't be causing trouble when you don't need to there's no need for it yeah yeah celebrate just celebrate sensibly and responsibly that, that's all we're asking <laughs> Well, let's now look ahead to Leeds United's final game of the 2019-20 season. It's also Marcelo Bielsa's 100th game in charge of Leeds United. It's against Lee Bowyer's Charlton Athletic at Ellen Road on Wednesday night, kicking off at 7.30pm. We'll get another guard of honour, you'd imagine, and uh, we'll see the squad lift the championship trophy. Are you looking forward to it, Charles? I've just had a thought that if we start Kiko Kassir in this game, this could be there could be some issues here. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll avoid that. Um, I am I am kind of looking forward to it purely just just another game of football. It's another it's the last game of the season. It's gonna be good weather. Hopefully, we can give a new few more of the young players a run out. And I think it'll be a lot more high paced than the Derby game because they've got really, they've really got something to fight for because they need to stay in the division. So I'm expecting quite a high tempo game, quite a quite a nervy game. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it'll be a good game, as you say, Charlton to fight for their lives. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be a, an interesting game. But of course, you know, Leeds we're already champions. I, I, are you too bothered about this game and and what the result is? No, not really, not particularly. If, 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 I always want Leeds, Leeds United to win a game, and I would like to finish on a high note, which really for the trophy. Yeah, I think Charlton play quite a, quite a kind of high tempo style of football. Yeah. I mean, they've they've lost a few of their threats. They've lost obviously Lyle Taylor, lost a couple. of uh, guys going out of contract and stuff. So, but you know, Lee Boyle know what to expect. Um, he's he's played Bielsa before. I don't I, I don't even know how, how to predict this one because it really, really depends on how we turn up. Yeah, because I mean, Leeds. You know, we have nothing to play for, but Charlton they have it all to play for. They're fighting for survival. You know, they're twenty first on forty eight points, just one place above the relegation zone, only mm-hmm. on goal difference. So yeah, they're really fighting for their lives. And yeah, the result, uh, you know, I think just you know must not lose really. Just you know, end on a high note and. Who knows if we get a point that may keep Lee Boyer's Charlton up. So um 
yeah, I guess, you know, do a favour for a, a very good player who used to play for us. Um, so, yeah, they, they'll be well up for it. They need a point. So, yeah, it definitely won't be an easy game, really. Uh, but, yeah, Charlton, you know, they, they, they're coming into this this game not in great form. They're, they're winless in the last six games, uh, picking up just three draws and, and two of which have occurred in the last two games. So, yeah, they're not in great form at all. And, yeah, realistically, you know, we should be beating these lot, you know. They're down there for a reason because they're not that good. So, um, yeah, we definitely should be beating them. And as I say, you know, they're not that good. And whoscore.com on on there, Charlton have no strengths whatsoever. Uh, they only have four weaknesses. They are weak at avoiding offside, weak at defending against attacks down the wings, rather, weak at protecting the lead and weak at stopping opponents from creating chances. So, um, so yeah, no strengths, four weaknesses. Happy reading there. Uh, but yeah, no, we should be beating them, definitely. They're down there for a reason. So yeah, we, we definitely should be uh, beating them. But, you know, it will, it will be an interesting game. They have it all to play for, and we don't. Uh, Leeds, of course, we have a, a dreadful record against Charlton. We've picked up just one win and four draws in the last 12 meetings with them. Uh, our home record is also not too good. We haven't beaten them at Ellen Road uh, since October the 14th, 2000, uh, when we beat them uh, 3-1, uh, Alan Smith and uh, Mark Viduga Brace in that game. And yeah, since then at home, we've played them eight times, drawn five and lost three. So, um, yeah, we don't have great form against Charlton here. No, um, I, I've got a feeling it might be a draw, you know. I think they'll be well up for it. We will, yeah. we'll, we'll probably take our feet off the, get, uh, feet off the pedal. So, yeah, I, I don't think it'll be, uh, I think it'll probably be a draw. Probably 1-1 one, one draw, something like that. I mean, we, of course, lost 1-0 to them away earlier in the season, back in September. Yeah, well, what can you see happening here? What what kind of game are you expecting? Just, just high-paced, frenetic kind of high-tempo. They'll be well up for it. Plenty of challenges. Um, probably very entertaining. Uh, what lineup are you expecting? Are you expecting them to to keep the same lineup from that derby game, or are you expecting more changes again? Probably a bit, a little bit more rotation, but generally a kind of second string squad. I can't say he's putting out the first team again. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I do hope Ben White stays uh, stays in the starting lineup though, because should Ben White start in this game, he will become the first central defender to start every league game since Andy Lenihan in season nineteen eighty four. So. Um, yeah, that in, incredible, <laughs> incredible. Um, so yeah, score prediction here. You, you predicting a draw? What 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 score prediction? Could one all draw, yeah. One all, yeah. I'm gonna go one all as well. One all uh, here. Uh, yeah, hopefully Lejaita can end the season on a on a high note. And uh, yeah, we uh, look forward to the game. So that brings us to the end of episode 71 of the All Things Leeds podcast. Uh, thank you very much as always to Charles for joining me remotely, of course. Yeah. Yeah, no worries, mate. Yeah, appreciate you joining me as always, mate. And thank you uh, as well to everyone who has watched or listened. We uh, really do uh, appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoyed them, why not subscribe or follow the podcast? Give us a five-star rating if you are listening on Apple Podcasts. Or even if you're not, just give us a five-star rating. Just just do it. <laughs> just do it right now. Um, and yeah, share the podcast around as well. Help us out. It really, We really do appreciate all the uh, support. Uh, make sure to follow All Things Leads on social media. We're on Facebook. We are All Things Leads. On Twitter and Instagram, we are All Things Leads 1. And on YouTube, we are All Things Leads as well. So subscribe to the channel if you have not already. Uh, Charles and I will be back a little bit later in this week uh, just to uh, reconvene. Uh, so yeah, we'll be back with another episode later in the week. So until then, take care, stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll speak to you soon. <laughs>